All right, everybody, welcome to episode one of Hockey Cards Gong Show. I'm your host, Josh Madigan, joined by your co-host, Troy Iverson. Hey, Troy, what's up? Hey, Josh, what's going on, man? All right, guys, we are excited to be here for episode one. I guess where we wanted to start is by talking a little bit about why we've decided to create the Gong Show. It's honestly really simple. Troy and I are in Minnesota, the state of hockey. We have grown up around hockey. We started collecting cards when we were kids and paused a little bit as we grew older and got settled in life, but both sort of re-entered the hobby within the last couple of years and have been talking with each other almost daily, sharing information, giving each other ideas, talking about pickups that both of us have had and you know thought that hey maybe this is information that other people might benefit from and some of the research that we're doing anything to add to that troy no that's perfect obviously you and me have been collecting we've been talking and i think it's just kind of kind of trying to get information out there and and let others know that they're you know we're on a journey too like probably a lot of people are so we also are trying to learn and, and gain knowledge, and we thought doing a podcast would be a great way to do that, expand on our knowledge, and actually share knowledge that we have. Perfect. So I think there's really two important points to cover when we talk about the you know what we hope to accomplish with the show, and it really comes down to what we're about and what we're not about. So we'll start with what we about, what we think we're about, and what we think the show can accomplish. Believe me, we'll make this quick. So what we hope is that the show will cater to a wide spectrum of collectors. I don't know where maybe we would peg ourselves on the spectrum of collectors. We're definitely not newbies, but I'm sure there's a million more people that have more knowledge than than we do. And so we want to appeal to the new casual and crazy addict alike. Beyond that, we want to help share useful information like that we talked about. We're researching the hobby almost every day, and we think that there's some information you guys could benefit from, too. We want to be entertaining. I think that goes without saying. And have you guys follow along our journey and with our wins and our big losses. And and when then, most importantly, too, we want to build a community and uh, learn from you guys as much as uh, hopefully you'll learn from us. But there's a reason it's called Hockey Cards Gong Show. It could be a gong show at times as, as we're trying to learn and, and say things and gain knowledge. So that, that's kind of you know led to the name of Gong Show. So I'm excited to get rolling. When Josh came to me with this idea, I was uh, super excited. And I think we will have a lot of fun on this whole journey. Yeah, Gong Show is, uh, as you'll find, is probably the perfect name. Okay, so... Now here, I think, is the most important part, is what we're not. So first and foremost, neither Troy or I are qualified, nor do we want the responsibility (laughs) of giving investment advice. I would only add, unless you decide to take out a second mortgage on your house based on one of our pickup ideas and you make millions of dollars, then feel free to share that to anyone and everyone. But in all seriousness, guys, we're just collectors. We're hobbyists. We win. We lose. If you like one of our ideas, that's great, but please invest your money based on looking at all the facts, consulting with multiple sources, and most importantly, make your own decisions. I imagine that that you're on board with that, Troy. 
Yeah, I'm pretty much on board. I mean, I don't want to be responsible for people losing their baby diaper money or anything like that. So just just be smart. Have fun. Let's, let's build a community, and, and we'll roll from there. Awesome. Next, we're not into the pump and dump. Troy and I will... Really, uh, when we're talking about cards, we'll try to disclose what holdings we have or cards that we own. Our goal is not here to try to influence the market at all. And I think it's just good that we throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we have much influence in the market now or ever, maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that already, Troy, we're the biggest podcaster <laughs> in. So don't, nice. <laughs> don't, uh, don't cut yourself short there. The, the last thing I'll say is... We're again, guys, you know, we're not the foremost hockey card experts in the world. I'm sure that we're going to make mistakes in whether it's pronouncing names or teams. Uh, I don't know. It, but when the exact rookie year of a player, yes, young guns, yeah, when it came out and all that fun stuff. So, and honestly, we're kind of looking forward to getting schooled by you guys on our social sites. So it's a gong show. Just remember that. Final, final thing is. We do have a couple social sites we're getting up and running. Uh, there's a Facebook Facebook group, Hockey Cards Gong Show. Please follow us there and participate in our community. We'll also be on Instagram under Hockey Cards Gong Show as well. Okay, I think that about covers our housekeeping, Troy. Did I forget anything? Nope, that sounds good to me. It, uh, I think you covered all the bases. All right, well, why don't we get rolling and talk a little bit about the NHL playoffs and where we're at. So, just so everyone knows, we are recording the evening of May 19th. Actually, we're in the third period of the Lightning and Panthers game. So, game's tied 1-1 to at this point. So, really, we basically, for all four or all eight remaining teams through game one... Uh, just from a general hockey perspective, Troy, anything jump out to you so far in round two or anything in round one other than our beloved dumpster fire yeah. of Minnesota yeah, Wild? I was going to say the dumpster fire that is the Minnesota Wild. Continuing the tradition of Minnesota sports and making every fan depressed as, as much as possible. So there was that. St. Louis outplayed us. That's all that happened. It, it, it is what it is. The things that stood out for me, and this is kind of – this is kind of right up my alley because I uh, a little bit about me. I coach uh, high school hockey. And I'm a goalie coach, and just seeing, I thought a lot of the goalies had really good series, capped off by Ottinger just losing his mind and and playing so well, even though they lost. So that's that's one kind of takeaway I, I've got. And then just another thing, looking at a, a lot of the teams, I think I think it's going to be a really really good playoff series all the way through. And looks like Colorado's the team to beat. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, hopefully they beat the Blues uh, in Minnesota. Sorry, Blues fans, we're not. There's not a lot of uh, love lost there. That's uh, th- that's for sure. There's a couple things that I wanted, kind of relating back to hockey cards. That uh, some interesting things, Troy, that I found today that I'd love to get your reaction on. So I was looking at scoring leaders so far through essentially game one of round two. Probably not a big shock to anybody. We have McDavid. Uh, holding the top spot but at number two for florida is carter verhage how many verhage young guns do you currently have i would say i probably have zero <laughs> scotty verhage young guns so that's that's one it's kind of a name that just kind of shot up and i was like oh that's interesting yeah so he's uh right now mcdavid has 18 points and verhage uh, is actually tied with dry with 12 so as as 
as that kind of stood out when I was watching the game last uh, the other night, started uh, digging into Verhage a little bit, and holy crap, are his prices up. So if you go back really as soon as the beginning of May, there were sales in the dollar to two dollar range. Uh, I was just looking a few minutes ago uh, for Raw. This is for Raw Young Guns 2019. He there's a couple sales that cleared over 20. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Plus, being in Florida, sometimes you think, does anyone care about the Florida Panthers, and does it, do they have any of the media exposure? But that that's really interesting that it's 20x itself over over the course of one round of the playoffs. So, it, it, and we're kind of now, you know, this is sort of the classic scenario where you have to ask yourself. Is this a guy we should be picking up who's on the rise, who could, if Florida is able to make a deep run, that this could really propel him and maybe have a strong season next year? Or is it just more of a matter of, okay, going back, looking through your boxes and pulling out your Verhage cards and listing them right now? Yeah, I've, from my personal standpoint, I I don't know too much about him. I mean, I'm not an expert on him or anything, but I mean, he had a pretty decent season. I'm just I just pull up the stats: 55 points, 24 goals, 31 assists. So it, it's almost like a momentum thing. If you can keep this momentum going through the playoffs, keep producing, does that roll right into next year and then get in early if if you can? Sure, and, and you know, and honestly, this is going to be a huge task for Florida if they can. Here we have Tampa Bay wanting back-to-back cups. They're really knocking on the door of a dynasty here. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how they do in this series, whether or not they can make a deep run. I would think that if they get swept uh, or lose in five games, that you'll see his prices drop, and then maybe it becomes a buying opportunity for next year. Who knows? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the sweep would be probably might be the maybe a good thing to get get jump in, but yeah, that should probably decimate his prices a little bit. The other in looking at the scoring leaders so far, the other thing that jumped out to me is in the top ten we have two defensemen. We have Kale McCarr at ranked number seventh so far from Colorado. He has uh, three goals, seven assists, and then Adam Fox for the Rangers. Uh, at number 10. They're actually both tied. So and both have three goals, seven assists. So it's nice to see some defensemen leading the way and scoring points in the playoffs. That's just kind of a, a trend that we're seeing, you know, in the NHL. Defensemen are kind of forgotten about sometimes in the hobby and and their values. But now we're seeing the game is becoming so offensive. And just from a standpoint of NHL teams, they want to score goals and, and defensemen are expected to join the rush and, and be a part of the offense. And you saw, you know, Roman Yossi, I think, what do you have? I don't know, I can't remember the exact, but it's like 96 or some points or you had a, had a ton of points this year. Some other defensemen like McCarr, they're all, you're getting more defense on the leaderboards. So that's just going right into the playoffs, which which is good to see. And actually, if that's a trend that keeps continuing, you, maybe we start looking at more D pickup. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I was looking today, it looks like from a raw perspective, Fox is right around 50, 55. Again, if the Rangers can make a deep run there, I would expect those to go up. Maybe it's a sell opportunity if you don't see them getting past Carolina uh, in this round. Is there anything else, anybody else player-wise that's jumping out to you, Troy, from a card perspective? The teams that we have, the eight teams we have left here in the playoffs? 
I was uh, kind of doing some research from a standpoint of you know even though they they lost, I, I kind of looked at a, some of the rookies. And Ottinger to me, his his stuff is. Per, I personally collect him. I love I love watching him play. So I I think you know I'd kind of wait now because I'm sure it's on fire. Kind of look once the once the summer goes on to look picking him up if you can get him uh, cheaper than he is now. So that that's the the one I was really really intrigued by. So I got a question for you and kind of a card related topic I was thinking of earlier today. So who? Do you think has more to gain by making a deep run in the playoffs, right? And it may sound like a weird question at first, but I was thinking of both Connor McDavid and Johnny Goudreau. Obviously, McDavid cards way outpace Goudreau from a pricing standpoint. But part of me also wonders, it's like, at this point, how much does a cup help McDavid versus if the Flames are able to make a deep run? Could that really propel Goudreau into the next pricing stratosphere? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I would say Connor McDavid, he, we know he's one, the, probably one of the greatest players that, that's ever played. It's up to debate with Gretzky and Lemieux and all that. And he, whatever he does, I think his values keep keep going up. I mean, he's just so good. The thing is, Goudreau is kind of this forgotten guy in Calgary. He's basically a superstar. He's <laughs> over 100 points. He's had season, multiple seasons getting close to 100 before that. I think him making a deep run and getting more exposure, I to me, helps his value a lot more than, than McDavid. I think Goudreau just needs the exposure, and he needs to be known out there. It's He's kind of quiet, and he's up in Calgary. So it's, to me... Him going deeper would definitely be a boost to hit to his value. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. I guess the last point I want to make about the playoffs is, and I think this is really important for, uh, well, actually, I want to, hold on. I want to take a step back. Are you sure, do you want to retract the statement that McDavid is better than Gretzky? Or are you going to plant your, fl- you plant your flag on yeah. Connor McDavid Island? Different eras, man. Even Gretzky's admitted, like the the players today are so much more skilled. It's just, it was a different time. It's it's so hard to compare those different eras. You had the goalies sitting in the locker rooms, or every, everyone was in the locker room smoking. It's just it's a different different game. So I I will say take it with a grain of salt. Different eras, all that fun stuff. I got you. So uh, any Gretzky McDavid related emails, be sure to send to Troy. Remember that 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 definitely comes from Troy. But uh, I, I guess the last point I wanted to make on the playoffs, as re- relate to card and particularly values, is I think it's important for us to remember that the playoffs is much more of a seller's market than a buyer's market, right? So you know we're going to watch these games. We're going to see some probably amazing finishes, some fantastic performances, and. Naturally, we're all going to get excited about the players, but these are going to be the highest prices. So if you watch the playoffs, you peg somebody that you want, whether it's from an investment perspective or just from a PC perspective, the best buying opportunity is going to be probably a month or two after the playoffs when we have that natural dip. Is that? Do you agree with that, Troy? Yeah, for sure. And that's that's a trend you see in almost in every market, usually, be it baseball, be it basketball football usually is the off season is if you're looking to buy off season usually a lot of a lot of the times it's the best place to find some value perfect 
All right, guys. So that is our playoff recap as we... The playoffs continue to chug along. We'll try to bring more thoughts, insights. We'll look at some how some pricing is moving for certain players and try to keep you up to date as much as possible. But from here, I think what we want to do is Troy has been looking a lot into particularly the 2020 rookies and 2021. And we want to kind of get into and share with you some of the really interesting things that, that we found. Okay, yeah. So let's uh, let's kind of dig into our 2020 rookies to start off. You know, I kind of took the the top 10 point leaders, and you know, and some of the big names that we remember from 2020 coming out: Kirill Kaprizov's, Jason Robertson's, Josh Norris's. You know, those those guys were really big. A lot of a lot of hype around Tim Stutzel's, and you know, did some digging to see exactly where their their values at were raw and PSA 10 young guns when you know the season ended after their rookie year. And where is where are they at now? You know, how has the performance of their play actually affected values? Really interesting when you start looking into this, and, and you'll see, like with Kaprizov, his at the end of the year, his PSA ten was eight hundred bucks, and now it's at five hundred ten bucks. So it's down for thirty six percent. Now let's look at his raw card. At the end of his rookie season, it was eighty seven dollars, and now it's running about one fifty. So it is up 73%. That's and kind of mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And I don't, I mean, I mean, I would love to hear your opinion, Josh. What, why do you think that is? To me, is it, is it people trying to find value? They, do they want to get away from the PSA 10 and just try to get the raw card? Or what do you think is, is a driving factor of that kind of crazy difference in value? Boy, I don't know. It is a great question. And I guess, though, before I answer that, maybe a point that I want to make just for everyone is when we talk about cards and particularly rookie cards, and and I think this is pretty much common sense in the hockey card hobby, but we're typically going to use their Young Guns card as the benchmark card for really, like I said, determining that value. And the reason why we're going to do that, it's the most accessible. Obviously, the hobby has decided that it's sort of the benchmark card. I know there's brands like the Cup or Sign of the Times, but those are typically numbered. They're a lot less available. And we certainly will get into the uh, higher valued, more scarce cards uh, of, of these players too. But just wanted to make that point that just so everyone knows that we'll use Young Guns sort of as the benchmark flagship card for for each player. Yeah, I honestly don't know, Troy. I, I, my best guess is there's a couple things going on. First and foremost, you have the, you know, we're still coming out of the pandemic craze where prices are quite a bit down across the board in every sport from a year to 18 months ago. And that's really kind of coincides with when the 2020 Series 2 Kaprizov Young Guns came out. And initially, there's just so much hype around it, going for $1,100, $1,300 right out, right out the gate. So I don't know if there's, if there's hype behind it. But again, the part that just really doesn't match up for me is he had a slower start to the season. And you look at the time period you're talking about where he went from 800 at the beginning of the year to 500 right now. Of course, they did get knocked out of the playoffs, but he had an amazing second half uh, of the season. And he's obviously a guy that we watch pretty close 
here in in Minnesota. The other thing I would point to is, and, and you and I have talked about this a lot over the last few weeks, is just the gr- whole grading thing in general right now. It seems like that there is a that the the hobby is putting a premium on raw over graded. We're seeing a lot of instances now where you have graded cards, whether it be by PSA, BGA, or SGC, which are kind of the primary companies, again, that we will reference, where you're having raw cards outsell a nine, or and, and it's, just, it's just crazy to me. But, you know, long story short, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, and then you look, I looked up, you know, a couple other of these big guys, you know, Jason Robertson, same kind of trend, his PSA 10 Young Guns, at the end of his rookie year, it was trading around 350, and now it's about 270. So it's down, you know, 23%. But if you looked at his raw card, it was at like around 19 bucks, and now it's up to 31. So it's almost a 60% increase. Can you see how much he's dropped since they got knocked out? I, I didn't look that up, but you know that'd be something that would be a good follow-up point to see what see what happened with his prices. But that price, actually, that price was from like yesterday, so. It's pretty close on on the on the what he, what his value is probably at right now. Sure. And the same thing, you know, Josh Norris, same kind of thing. His PSA ten, it's up a little bit. It was like up ten percent, but again, his rock art fifty three percent. So it's just, it's just crazy some of the stuff we're seeing with the rookies from you know that twenty twenty class and what their what their raw is doing versus their PSA tens. And I think Josh brought up some really good points around that. Along with that, I kind of want to get you the number one hype guy. We had Alexei Lafanier. You know, a lot of hype with him coming out and just kind of his performance hasn't been, I don't think it's where a lot of people thought it would be. I think he's kind of had a disappointing start to his couple seasons and looking at his prices definitely reflects that. His PSA 10, you know, is down around, you know, was at 465 at the at the end of last year and now it's running around 380. So it's down 18% and his raw cards are actually mimicking that. They're down about 21%. And I was just curious, Josh, do you think he is one of those, maybe he's going to struggle, or do you see him turning it uh, turning it around coming up? I think there's a couple things you can look at in both the short term and the long term. So from a short term perspective, his team is still alive. If they can make a deep run, he can produce some points. It could really be a launch pad for him. The other thing that I think I would look at is his age. I don't have his exact age memorized, but I know he's like 20, 21, something in that range. Especially when you compare him to Kaprizov, who at 25. And, and I think that, that the age thing has hurt Kaprizov a little bit too. And so there's still a lot of time for him to develop and grow. I think from a raw perspective, Lafreniere is what's still in like the 70, 80 range. I don't know, you know, for me, I I guess I'm holding if I have him right now. I don't know if I'm buying yet. I just think that there's safer bets. Going back to like you were talking about with Ottinger early, I'm I'm a little bit wait and see with uh, Laffy. Yeah, for sure. And he's 20 years old. So, I mean, he's he's a young, young buck out there. And as you brought up Ottinger... That's one guy. So I, you know, I've said before, I personally PC him, and you know his. I, I, he's one of those guys that at his age, twenty three, is a goalie. Usually, goalies don't come into their own till about twenty eight, twenty nine. It's a kind of a later development. And but seeing him at, at twenty three, what he's doing, I, I, I have a lot of a lot of hope for him as as a player. You know, and then kind of, 
Looking at this rookie class, the newer guys, a couple that I kind of dug into, your Caulfields and your Zegras. I guess, Josh, I wanted to ask you, who do you think who do you think has more hype and who's better right now? I don't know. I think that they both had decent seasons. From a point perspective, you had Zegras, who outpaced Caulfield in year one, although I, I believe the second half of the season was better for, for Caulfield. Again, this is one of those hard questions. You have Caulfield on an original six team, which I think helps from a hobby and high perspective versus Anaheim, although they're young and up and coming squad and they've got some interesting young talent. Again, I'm not really buying either right now. I have a few cards and a few young guns of each and I'm a little bit in, in a hold pattern. And I think Come December of this year, we'll have a lot better idea who's really primed for the long run. Uh, does that match what you think? For sure. Personally, I think just from watching from a player perspective, I like I, I like Zegers's swagger. He's got the lacrosse goal. It's kind of a big thing. He got the goal where the pass was popped over the net and he hits it in. So they keep calling him kind of a lacrosse player. I think he has the moxie and the and the, the, to be a true superstar. I think he's had a great year. He had, what, 61 points. And just looking at his card values, both of them are actually down. Uh, you Just the raw cards are down from the start of the year. They're each down about 20, 30 bucks. Kind of can be expected with, with the seasons they had. But I think... As they keep going, I I think Zegras will be a, will be a better player in the, in the long run. Do you worry about Caulfield's size as a from like a yeah, top six perspective? Kind of, but it's a game where hockey's a game where some some smaller guys can can make it. Not everyone has to be six five. Where the goalies, you know, they all have to be over six feet, or the NHL teams won't won't look at you. But yeah, his size definitely can be a factor. But maybe he'll be like Theo Fleury and <laughs> and play for you know fifteen years. Sure. And these are guys that I think as we get through the cup and we go into the off season where we see that dip, if they get low enough, there might be good buy opportunity come in the July, August timeframe when we're sort of in the doldrums of the off season. Definitely. All right. So that was kind of our, just a little look at the, you know, the rookies. There's a lot more rookies we could have got into but for now, that's what we're going to start with, and we'll keep digging into them as seasons go on and, and, and keep keep going. So You know, there um, is one more point, Troy, oh, yeah. sorry to interrupt. I actually sure. wanted to, to – that I, I should have made when we were talking about Kaprizov, but it, I think it's, it, it's important when we look at his value. Uh, I know you saw this, and I'm not sure from, a, from our listeners' perspective what the awareness is, but PSA released a few weeks ago – their top submitted cards for, I believe it was the month of March. And of any card and of any card type, Kirill Kaprizov was number two. Yes, that that is, that's what I was mind-blowing is uh, pricing <laughs> differences between his PSA 10 and raw. Yeah, that is that is crazy. So, so part of me wonders is, obviously to any real knowledgeable investor, that might give you a little bit of pause if you're expecting the pop counts to go up pretty dramatically but but then the other thing i guess i weigh that against is i'm not sure that the average investor would even know that and 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 how much that factors into the the price trends that we're seeing currently yeah and it's psa 10 i actually know i've i looked it up it's 1060 is is the pop count 
So even by, that's still kind of low by, you know, the standards where you get NBA guys running the 22,000s, a lot more population for the buyers and that, that. but yeah, that's a very, very good point. That was really surprising to see when that PSA uh, monthly report came out about that. I think you guys can expect a, a fair amount of rookie talk. Obviously, rookies drive the hobby to some extent. We'll be touching just about on every episode on some looking back at, at different players and where their rookie values are at. All right, let's jump to new releases. There actually is a pretty significant release this week in Upper Deck Stature. So by this week, I guess I should clarify and say this upcoming week. On May 25th, we have the release of 2020-2021 Upper Deck Stature. Um, it, we're still in this kind of weird period where we're pretty deep into year two of these 2020 rookies, and we're still seeing a number of releases. This, you know, from, from everything I understand is pandemic-related, supply chain-related, and it's just going to take a, l- a little bit of time for these card manufacturers to, to catch up. In looking at Stature, though, uh, doing a little bit of a dive into it, it seems like it's a higher-end Chase product. I don't have a lot of experience buying Stature myself, but in, in looking at the configuration, uh, it's a... Uh, one pack box. There's eight cards per pack. Uh, the checklist is readily available. You can go to Beckett or whatever source that you look at for your checklist. And it looks like it's uh, an even mix of 200 players that there's 100 vets and legends and 100 different rookies. To me, very much a chase product. Uh, the, the pricing right now, we were looking at Steel City, about 200 bucks for a hobby box. I think you found some case pricing, Troy. Is that right? Yeah, case prices were. I, I had to got it from David Adams, and it was running about fifteen sixty for an eight box case. So that puts it right right at the two hundred you know dollars for the for the hobby box. So it'll be somewhere in that in that area. Sure. I think when it comes down to it, that this is one of those products where you can score real big or get just killed for your two hundred bucks. When you look at the average box break. So within the eight cards, you're going to get uh, typically one autographed or autographed patch card. The autos in this set, from what I was uh, seeing on Beckett, is, uh, and I think what you'd expect in a higher-end brand, they're on-card autos at least, not sticker autos, so that's a good thing. You're going to get two base set veteran or legend cards, you know, code for throwaway. You're going to get a base set rookie card numbered to three ninety nine, a regular insert card, again, kind of a lower-end common, I guess you'd call for this set. Uh, then you're going to get a non-autograph parallel card to 99 or higher, um, a non-autograph parallel card numbered to 85 or less, and then one additional numbered rookie, numbered, paragra- numbered parallel or autograph card. So there is a, a fair amount, I think, of decent cards. It's just going to come down to to the checklist and you know measuring that against your investment. Uh, did you have a chance, Troy, to take a look at the cards? What did you think of the design? Yeah, the design I think actually looks pretty pretty nice. Um, you know, I, I like the I look at the McDavid patch auto. 
you know, that they look they look really slick. I mean, I like seeing the tricolor patches, which I expect from a from a you know kind of a premium product. Um, you know, when you were reading off what's in, in what's included, are you guaranteed an auto in each box or not? Well, they they're doing the autographed or autograph. Well, yeah, I guess it's either an auto or a, a autograph patch. And in the case of a rookie, it'd be an RPA. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, thank you. I I didn't catch that at first, but yeah, the, the actually I I kind of like the design. A uh, little little uh, cyber or not cyberpunky, but like uh, steampunky on a couple of them. So it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, more of like a classical feel. And again, I I think I would echo your statement about the patch troy and i are both very much on team hate one color patches for sure napkin patches no as (laughs) as we call them so i i think these cards will probably sell real well from an investment standpoint if you want it you know this is probably a good one to break would you agree troy Uh, that's exactly i was just going to chime in and say like this is one you know I would probably break and maybe buy into a player break and try to, you know, go for my, the players that I want rather than trying to rip personal boxes. This seems like, you know, this this would be one I would probably break. Even though, I mean, 200 for a really high-end product, uh, you know, you can definitely do worse, you know, from, from that standpoint. So, And you compare yeah. it to football or basketball, it's actually a pretty good price. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, some of those boxes, you know, just with the single – your single pack and you know how many cards can be you know any 500 to thousands two thousands so so beyond stature there is uh next week also on the 27th there's the series one tin that doesn't really do a lot for me i don't know if that does a lot to move your needle troy no that's i mean it <laughs> I've, I've bought tins in the past it, it's it's i know what, i know what it is it, it it is what it is so and then from there you know, there's a whole log jam of 2021 and 2020 releases that I, I think are still in the to be determined slate and it'll be really interesting to see how those shake out so we'll definitely plan on probably giving just about a weekly update if there's any significant releases on the horizon but there is finally something it's been a little bit of a lull here uh to look forward to with the release of stature all right Last thing I think we wanted to talk about is a little bit of personal pickups where Troy and I share within the last week or two some of the interesting cards that we've been buying from either an investment perspective or for our own personal collections. So I guess I'll start off. I did uh, have really, I guess, three pickups of note this week. The first two were from our guy, Jake Ottinger, who we've mentioned a couple of times already. He's actually from our hometown here in Farmington, Minnesota. Uh, So we've been following him pretty closely. Obviously, he had a massive game seven in the loss. Uh, I think he had over 60 saves. Is that right, Troy? Yep, it's like 61 or 62 if I remember it. Pretty amazing performance, even though he lost. Saw a huge spike after that. Uh, I, I bought a couple of 2020 OPG Platinum Raw cards prior to that last game. A couple of, I think, what are the, some of the cooler variations? The Rainbow Color Wheel and then the Aquamarine. Actually, I'm going to recant my previous statement. I really like the Rainbow Color Wheel variation. The Aquamarine I picked up because it's numbered, and this is a topic for a different show, but I don't understand who was smoking what at Upper Deck when they designed a card putting hockey players 
on the bottom of an ocean in a coral reef. But hey, it's numbered to four ninety nine, and I got a good deal on it, so uh, I think I bought it for some like eight bucks. Yeah, it was definitely worth the pickup. The other card that I think is of note is I bought a 2016 exquisite Jonathan Huberto on-card auto, numbered to 125. And I think this, you know, when we talk about themes in the hockey card hobby, how undervalued hockey cards are as a whole, it was 14 bucks, which to me is just a steal. And... I'm not a massive Huberto fan. Obviously, he had a great year, and I really bought this one more from an investment perspective. So those are my pickups for the week. What did you, uh, anything you bought, Troy, in the past week? Sure, I bought, so I did. I bought a couple pickups. It was about two weeks ago. The first one was completely for my personal collection. It was a 2019-2020 Upper Deck Clear Cut Auto of Pekka Rene. So the old Nashville Predators goalie, I PC him. I lo- I just I loved watching him when he played. You know, he brought over the Finnish goalies. He started kind of a revolution with that, and he was just one of those, you know, pioneering goalies with the style he played. So I got that. I picked it up for thirty five bucks. I overpaid, but it, it's something that's going into my PC, and that's where it's going to stay. It has a nice on card auto, so it, re- it looks really really cool. So that was my uh, first pickup. The second one, and I. I hesitate if I should bring this up because this podcast might turn into the Jake Ottinger show or the Jake Ottinger fan club because I think we talked about him maybe five or six times tonight. But I picked up a 2020-2021 Allure, Upper Deck Allure Purple Diamond out of 10 Rookie Patch Auto. You know, Allure, Allure I think is kind of hit and miss with some people. I actually really like the look of the the purple, the Purple Diamond. It's a sticker auto, auto, which is not the greatest, but it kind of blends in, so it looks okay. And it's a two-color patch, so so no one-color napkin patch, but nice. uh, it's got the it's got the two-color. And I paid right around spot what, what the previous sale was going for. It was around one fifty or one forty-three is what I what I paid okay. for it. So and this we was we have before. fanboyed quite a bit <laughs> on uh, Mr. Ottinger, but but that's okay. Yeah, so that, those were my pickups my in the last couple of weeks, both. Both are probably the PC. They're going in the PC for sure with Pekka Rene and Ottinger. I have a lot of PC pieces. So, All right, guys. That is your Hockey Cards Gong Show show for this week. Episode one in the books. We did it, Troy. I'm, uh, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty proud. Got through it. Had a lot of fun. I hope, I hope everyone learned something, and I hope that uh, we get a lot of good feedback you know, going forward on this. Yeah, everybody stick with us. We're going to continue to get better. We're looking forward to you owning us and flaming us on social media. Remember to head to uh, Facebook and join the Hockey Cards Gong Show group. You can follow us on Instagram and uh, we'll be excited to be back next week. Have a great week, everybody.